Hey everyone, this is Joyce Strong and I'm your host of Rock Bottom Syndicate. Rock Bottom is about people who have a story to tell to inspire others to keep working toward their potential no matter what happens. Rock Bottom is an opportunity to learn and pivot and adapt to whatever life throws your way. Rock Bottom is a time where you can choose to take responsibility for everything that happens in your life. When, because when you take responsibility for the things around you, you have the power to change them. Your secrets are the prison of your emotions. So go out and ask for help and tell your story. My guest today is Lynn Delgadio, and this is her book, Altered on Impact. And the title, Altered on Impact, um, From Trauma to Transformation, How a Traumatic Brain Injury Taught Me to Lead a Purposeful Life. It's just the beginning of her story. I'm going to read a little bit from the back cover. Altered on Impact is the true life account of Lynn Delgadio's experience healing from a traumatic brain injury. Through her journey, Delgadio discovered that she would need to completely redesign her mind and lose everything. Her inspiring story is not only a tale of resilience, courage, and persistence, but Delgadio also shares specific exercises and step-by-step instructions to help others enact their own mind redesign. This book is for you if you suffered any sort of traumatic brain injury, if you are looking for inspiration to change your thinking, if you want to create abundance and opportunity in your life. Altered on Impact teaches us that tragedy does not define you, but your commitment to a better life does. Um, Lynn Delgadio is um, an um, integrative health coach and um, works with people and uh, is obviously an author and speaker, motivational speaker. So I hope you will reach out to her and be inspired by her story. I will also be interviewing Lynn on Totally Well Podcast to talk more about the actual injury she had and how that, um, how she, how that led her to her complete rewiring and, he, and self-healing journey. So make sure you tune into Totally Well Podcast as well. But this is Rock Bottom Syndicate to let you know that what happens in your life when you hit rock bottom, it's not a matter of if because we all do, you will be given an opportunity to choose growth, personal development, and you too can inspire people as Lynn Delgadio has. So enjoy this episode of Rock Bottom Syndicate, and we will see you on Totally Well as well. Thanks. Hey, Lynn, how are you? Good. How are you, Joyce? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the plan. If you plan it and you think it, it will happen. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you on my show. You're, I, you're actually going to be doing two shows with me. Today is Rock Bottom Syndicate because you had something happened in your life where you had a, a traumatic brain injury um, that um, led you to some interesting places. And so Rock Bottom is really about uh, an opportunity to tell people your story, to inspire them um, to be able to handle tough things, things that life throws their way. Yeah, so um, 
about five and a half years ago. It was a beautiful North Carolina day and I had just finished a run. I was a, an avid runner and cyclist and um, <clears throat> I was feeling so good. I thought I'd go to the little gym at the community where I lived. And um, <clears throat> I went to the, do the lap pull downs where you sit on a, the bench and there's a metal bar above mm -hmm. and then weights over there. So I loaded 70, 80 pounds of, of weight and I'm one of the pull downs. I don't know which one, but I'm one of them. Um, I just felt something snapped. The pulley snapped and the bar came crashing into my head with a force of 80 pounds. Mm. Knocked me right there. And um, I felt my, literally felt my brain inside my head shake like a snow globe. It was the weirdest soft flashes and, just remember, um, you know, clearly had the, the traumatic brain injury. Um, my head was like a grapefruit within seconds, um, swelling. And I had a, a neck injury. It tilted and rotated my axis. And then the, um, because of the seated position, the impact actually caused a hyper shifting in my low back, which created the formation of a cyst on my spinal cord as a result, mm -hmm. which that cyst would ultimately end up sending like electrocution like pain into my left leg regularly, but oftentimes throughout my body, it was horrific pain that honestly, I would not have thought imaginable like that any human being could endure, let alone for a few seconds at a time, but for, you know, every 20 seconds and for 18 months, it was unbearable. It was unbelievable. Um, but in the first several weeks of that healing journey, um, and I didn't know anyone in my area. I was new to the area. It was just myself and my dog. And, um, but there, I was allowed no stimulation, no TV, no light, no sound, no phone, no music, nothing. So I was alone with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, people would call and check on me and they would, a lot of them immediately go into this anger mode, which was really odd to me, but it, it hurt for me to hear it because literally it, when I heard the negativity and the screaming and yelling, I, my brain swelled inside my head and I got eye pain and this, what they call fanning um, and um, nausea and dizziness. And so I was literally re-traumatizing my brain by letting that negativity in. Or if I thought of my medical bills, which in the first month alone were like twenty dollars or $25,000, if I let myself go there about, oh my God, this is going to bankrupt me, it just, it, I would re-traumatize myself. And so I learned very quickly when I think bad thoughts, I, I physically feel bad. When I think good thoughts, I feel okay. I feel okay. You know, yeah. I don't feel worse. I feel okay. And, and, um, and people were so angry, but I guess the, the extent of the injury itself kept me from seeing the severity of the injury, if that makes sense, because I was such mush. And yeah. when they, I, they did the first, what they call impact testing to test for like cognition and uh, reaction time and spatial awareness, all but one of my impact tests were 0%. And then one was about five or 7%. I can't remember, but yeah. so it was mush, but then, so I, I was really kind of practicing that thinking, replacing bad with good thoughts. And then I realized I don't have to wait for a bad thought. I can just select at any moment. If I'm lying on the couch thinking of nothing, I can just decide I want to think about a puppy or I want to think about the ocean or I want to think. And then those exercises led, led me to develop more and more exercises. And then 
And then it just became this process that was like open so many, it, it just like really sent me down this path, unexpected path of healing that made me, brought me to a place of joy. Um, the pain won many a times. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I, you know, devised these, and with the more these worked for me, the greater sense of appreciation I felt. And then just that alone sent me into places I wouldn't expect. It was, it was an amazing journey. It sounds like it was, at the beginning, it was more like I'm in pain and the, just the biofeedback of this doesn't feel good without really, like, just sort of your body's natural, naturally told you to do this. Yeah, I just heard this doesn't, so I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. I just intuitively, I knew that <clears throat> I didn't, re- I had no idea the extent of the physical injury yet because my brain was so such mush. Yeah. Um, but intuitively, I knew that in order to heal the body, I needed to keep this calm. Yeah. And I needed to heal my, I needed to keep my mind calm and heal my brain. And then the interesting thing is with a TBI, for me anyway, um, the, the more the brain heals, now it's registering a lot more of the pain and it's because it's doing its job, right? Oh, yeah. So you, it oftentimes in like the first couple of weeks, um, people have gone through something like this. They have a number of symptoms, but then as they're healing, they report even more symptoms because they're reg- it's registering. Yeah. Yeah. But in- when I was looking at your book, which I'm going to hold up. Um, so altered impact from altered on impact altered on impact from trauma to transformation um at the very beginning when i was reading about your story it 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 pulled me right in because it was like and it things i forget exactly how you worded it but it was going to get worse before i got better and i was like how could it how could it get worse and how it started I remember exactly. Right, right. Those seemed like the worst of times, but the worst were yet to come, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and so what happened with the the cyst? So I started reporting after about, I don't remember, after a few weeks, um, a few weeks after the injury, I started recognizing this jolt into my left calf. Yeah. And it was odd to me. And and a lot of times I'd have these symptoms of like my heartbeat heartbeat was extraordinary irregular. And I remember just going, well, that's odd. But these are all new, right? This, you didn't have any of this before. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I had, so this, um, some of the symptoms So I had, you know, the fanning, which is pain that goes like from the back to the front. I had my, my vision was off. I had blurred vision. I had double vision. I had blind spots. Um, mm-hmm. I, my, depth perception was off. Um, my vestibular system was completely a mess, no balance. Um, I couldn't really walk very well. I couldn't remember where I lived. I couldn't remember who people were. Like if, if I saw you, I might think you're my cousin or a barista at Starbucks. I don't, or maybe don't remember you at all. Um, I, um, had pain all along but my right side. Um, I had that jolting pain in my left calf. Um, at times, my hands and arms wouldn't move, and they would lock like this. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the neck pain. I had low back pain. Um, I had trouble sleeping. Um, oh, my God. I mean, I had a rash all over my body. There were, there were so many I had this glazed overlook, mm-hmm. um, slurred speech, stuttered speech, <laughs> 
I couldn't remember how to, you know, when they finally allowed me to go back and try to go back to work full time after six months, I couldn't remember how to do my job. Wow. So it was a struggle. Um, but this pain in my left calf over time, it just started hitting more to the point where, and I would, I would tell my doctors and they'd tell me, well, you're just getting older. You have these, you have these pains. (laughs) This, no, this is since the injury. And, and then it would like be so bad that I would like, if I would be standing in the kitchen, for example, and it would hit and I would drop to my, to my knees, to the floor because it, it was so incredibly painful and so sudden. And then I'd have to catch my breath because I felt like I had just run a football field. And that started to, you know, increase, um, like, um, it became more routine. So instead of like five times a day, it was a few times an hour. Mm -hmm. And then over time it became, you know, every, every 20 seconds. I mean, it was, it was, and then, you know, a couple of times it was so bad that I ended up in the ER and then they accused me of being in the ER for, to score drugs, which if they had looked in their system, they would have known by my history that I've never done in recreational drugs, but couldn't let that, I could not let that in my field because it was so counter to my healing. I just had to like, understand that this is a circumstance. I'll be out of here soon. That's his problem. I, I got, I just had to do everything with my mind to be able to keep as calm as possible. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they prescribed some drugs and the drugs that I won twice a day and then that worked for a while and then two twice a day and that stopped working and then they were, take three more, you know, and then finally I just said, I can't live like this. And I said, I'm going to get a bunch of wine and take the rest of these pills and I'm, I'm going to be done because mm-hmm. I cannot live. It had been 18 months and thank God. I mean, I stink at suicide because it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next day, I honestly, I do not know. I still, I swear, I do not know where I found the strength. But the next day, I woke up and I said, something has to change. Like, I have to find someone and implore and beg and demand and do whatever I can to make them know that somebody, all the 18 specialists I've seen, is they've all missed something. Mm-hmm. And finally, somebody took the one little picture, the little MRI of my low back, that showed the cyst. And he said, we need to get you in here within the next two weeks. This has to be addressed right now. Wow. Yeah. See, and you're not, you're not the doctor. So you've got, you've got a nerve to go up against 18 specialists. I was in pain. <laughs> I was in pain and I knew, you know, I was so tired of being told, well, you're just getting older. I had these diary when I was writing the book, I had to go back to my diaries and read. And I I felt bad for this poor woman who went through all this reading. It was as if I was reading like a script of someone else. Yeah, it was. And I had to be my own advocate. And that is really hard when you are in that level of pain. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to keep up. Meditation was so important because I had to keep as calm as possible. And I, I knew that there was something wrong. I wrote in one of my journals, a few of my journals, I feel like an 81 year old. Mm-hmm. I, I had just turned 50, I think. And I felt like I was operating at 10% capacity. Imagine trying to drive to a doctor's appointment where my arms don't work. So I'm driving with the forearms, but I had to get there yeah. and I had to go slow on back roads. I couldn't go on the highway like this. That would have put myself and others in danger. I was 
But I, so I had to go, I'm really, you know, so it would take me, you know, an hour to drive 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I had just had to do what I had to do because I knew someone would find the answer. Wow. How to keep trusting in that. It takes a certain, just, I don't know. It's, I, I think, I may have shared with you that I had breast cancer and had a, a journey similar to that, you know, fighting, fighting and, and determining I'm the boss of my health, that I'm in charge. Um, but what you did to, you know, just push through and um, go up against these experts who have, you know, all these initials after the names and all this education and they're all agreeing against you. Um, and you're, but you're the one you, there's no outwards other than you, your words and you're crying. There's no outward um, example for them to act or not. They don't have the knowledge to act. So it's a tough spot to be in. And you're, and, and you know, outwardly, I, after, over time, my outward appearance started to look quasi normal. Yeah. Even though I was bumping into walls still and, you know, my, I didn't, I didn't stutter as much. My eyes weren't glazed over as much, you know, but so but it wasn't your normal. <laughs> it wasn't my normal. And that pain was like, unlike, I mean, I write in my book, I was a shrieking wounded animal waiting to die. That's how I felt mm-hmm. I, I sounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember coming out of the ER though, after the, um, the guy had um, accused me of just being there to get some drugs in my, in my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do need that. Cause I'm in pain, but not <laughs> like what you, so when I was leaving the ER, a nurse came running after me and gave me a hug. And she said, I know that pain, that is extreme nerve pain. Mm-hmm. And I am so sorry for what you're going through. And I just sobbed. Mm-hmm. And then I knew like, okay, at least she's telling me, yeah. but the testing they did, they, they went, I, he did, a, I don't even remember what kind of test he did some sort of CAT scan, I think. Yeah. Um, at the ER that night, but then I had other doctors that were like, oh, we need to do a discogram, or we need to do a myelogram, or we need to do nerve conduction studies. No one kept it simple. Yeah, yeah. Just take a picture, see what's going <laughs> on. Like, and then, and then I felt like their, the priority was not me. The priority was get the patient in and out within 7.2 minutes. Yeah. And you do have to be your own advocate, and you have to – trust in the intelligence of your body and the, and the, and the ability you have within. And, and I was told a couple times, well, I mean, you, you don't, you don't need all this PT. You look much better than most of the people that are in here. Um, yeah, because most of the people that I've seen in here are in their seventies. I'm only 50 and they're, you know, I'm an athlete. I, I might look like I'm healthier, but don't, I don't, and I, I felt bad for the older people on the floor. I was younger by more than 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. And who's their advocate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so there, yeah. And, and, but I did have like, you know, I have to say there was coming home from, I was on, um, I was in charge of this huge note sale for the bank and I, w- I had to travel um, about an hour and a half to, so I'd stay in a hotel while, you know, while we were wrapping this up. And I remember telling my staff, listen, I'm going to be screaming in here every few seconds, but don't worry. I'm just in a lot of pain and it'll be okay. And they must've thought I was nuts. Yeah. Like go do something. But the, 
fact does, I had been trying to do something at that point. It was, I think 16 months. And, um, so at one point it got so bad. I said, you guys, I have to go rest. I'll be back in a few hours. I just need to get some rest. And I got off I-95 and instead of taking the second right to get to the hotel, I took the first right back onto I-95 in the wrong direction because I was so disoriented by the pain. And I remember watching people drive by me going, like in slow motion, like I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm going the wrong way. And, mm-hmm. and thank goodness yeah. there were a lot of cars. So I was able to very calmly turn around. And then when I got to the hotel, I remember I just said, you know what, this is really way worse than ever. And I need to just get my stuff together and go home. And I remember thinking, let me just take a shower first. And I stood up and I tilted my head for just a couple degrees and my whole body, imagine your body being electrocuted, the entire body, like electrocution, like pain throughout every limb. Oh my God. That was the most terrifying feeling I will ever in my life experience. I didn't know it was possible. Mm -hmm. And I went down into the hallway and the GM looked at me and she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm leaving. She said, no, you're not. I said, I have to go home. She said, no, you're not going anywhere. And she could see the pain. I don't remember, honestly, getting from the room on the third floor to the lobby. I have no recollection. Mm-hmm. They, But here's what a beautiful teamwork this was. Lynn, the GM, she launched her um, front desk person, Blair, who was a nurse in training about to take her boards. And Larry, the maintenance guy, they, she said, help her. You need to drive her home. So Blair got in my in my car in the driver's seat. I lied down in the passenger seat and Larry followed in his green Honda. They drove me 90 minutes along back roads to get me home safely. Mm. And once I was safe, they drove back. Beautiful. And she's the whole while telling me stories about her childhood, like a nurse in training. It was beautiful. <laughs> so there was all these beautiful stories like that peppered mm. out through my experience that just helped me hang on. Wow. Wow. And, and getting into the uh, appreciation part. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So much appreciation and <clears throat> complete strangers who would like this woman at the gym, I barely knew. And she and her kids would come over and walk my dog and bring me milk with DHA. That's good for the brain. And, you know, and it, like there was this whole bunch of people at the gym that were going, all right, what are you bringing her? What are you bringing her? I'm going to bring her this. I'm going to walk her dog. Like I didn't even know. Yeah. Complete strangers, and it's because I was alone, boy, did I learn how to ask for help. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know before. That wasn't part of your... That was not part of who I was before. Yeah. Pre-injury, I was not at all who I am now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's so am- I'm just thinking of how you... It was like there were th- these little indicators along the way that just guided you you just like followed the stars or something um with that felt good when that that nurse ran out and hugged me that felt good I'm getting more hugs you know when I'm here you know you just kept following what felt good I just yes and and I listened and those were kind of my validating Mm-hmm. factors along the way of that's how it's supposed to be. And, you know, we are on this planet to feel good, mm-hmm. you know, and I found like, I'm not going to fight when someone wants to accuse me of being a drug addict. That's on them. 
I'm not going to fight them because my energy, all of my energy right now needs to be in calming my mind and healing my body. I cannot care about that right now. Mm -hmm. And once I got better, I went, how dare he, you know, <laughs> in retrospect, yeah. but I had to let it all as best as possible. And like I said, sometimes the pain absolutely won. Yeah. But with all the other things I was doing to calm my mind. And then two years into the process, I'm driving down this road and I remember feeling this like amazing, like sense of joy wash all over me. And I remember going, wow, this feels, it was anxiety producing, which sounds odd, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I remember thinking, wow, this, this feels natural. This feels like I'm supposed to feel. And yet it feels so unfamiliar to me. Yeah. And so I remember, I just remember thinking, I need to sit with this because my body feels so good and my mind feels so good right now. I want to record a memory of this in my body so that I can like pull it on recall. And I just sat there for like as long as I could. I don't remember how long I sat there, but it must have been minutes mm -hmm. and just letting it soak in. And it literally brought tears to my eyes. And I remember thinking, wow so many of us out there that are walking around at a huge deficit of joy and that's a shame. And, and then, you know, I, right around that same time as another trip I was taking and I turned on YouTube just past the time. And it's the first time in my life I had heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And when he's telling a story, he's explaining all the neuroscience behind why what I was doing was working so profoundly. And then it was like, Oh my God, yeah, I can help so many people. There's actual science to this. I got to write a book. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you had all the, 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 um, skills or the basic skills b behind you and knowing that you could do this and the some level of confidence anyway, um, to, to move forward with it. It's just an amazing story. <laughs> the natural, how natural, if you just listen to your body that and trust your body that it's going to take you in the right direction. Yeah. And, and in part of that is too, we've got all these thoughts and I was very fortunate that I didn't have a lot of people around me because I didn't have pe very well intentioned people saying, go see that one. Did you do this today? You need to go do that. Are you, I'm so angry. Aren't you mad? Because your mind just needs quiet, yeah. you know, but when you have that quiet time, it's almost like a forced meditative state and it's just you and your thoughts. And you realize how many negative thoughts come in and then you go, Oh, I don't like that. I'm going to, that's not even true. Yeah. I'm going to shift that. And so I really was able to really work on my, all my thoughts that were not at all serving my healing process. And that, that I learned is a huge life lesson that can be applied in every aspect. Yeah, just the, the idea that you have a choice, and this is what I learned from Dr. Dr. Gary Epler that we've been talking about, that, there, that you're actually in a part of your brain that does something, and uh, knowing when you're, when you're having this thought, that's where you are, leave the room. <laughs> you know, go out of that room and go someplace else, because right. that's choice. You, have, you don't have to have that feeling. Right. And I think too, a lot of people don't realize that we have a choice. We can select what we want to think about. And there are, if you are in that um, PCC area of your brain or the amygdala, there are tools that are very, very quick and effective and yeah. simple. 
This is, yeah. this is rocket science. It's very simple. That's what I love about your book where you get into some of the exercises and, the, and we're going to talk about that in um, the next episode when we do Totally Well. Awesome. I, I would love to have you go through um, the, some of the principles that you discussed and some of the exercises and how you help people now as a, you were not a coach prior, right? You, no, I became a coach in the process and that was really born out of all these exercises I'd been doing. And I said, I'm going to follow my passion finally. Yeah. And a week later I learned that the bank was going to merge and everyone was losing their jobs. So, I mean, it was kind of like, Oh, is that coincidence or congruence? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that happened because look at you now and, um, and you're just such a gift. I appreciate you telling your story. It was painful to read and hear um, how much how much pain you were in, just hearing what you've been through and that things had gotten so hard for you. Um, yet you you listened to your body and you kept going and built on baby steps or anything you could to move forward. Yeah, it's very inspirational to me and so applicable to beyond your particular situation. Um, um, That was one challenge, but the the things you used um, could have been any kind of situation if somebody had run into a life challenge. So yeah, the principles are just, and you don't even need a life challenge. If you just like want to be a better version, go for it. You can do it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thanks for coming on today with the Rock Bottom Syndicate. And um, I will talk to you more in the episode on Totally Well. Thank you so much. Okay.